Matthew 5, verses 1 to 10. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me just pray before Ellen comes to speak to us. Father God, we thank you for this scripture that we're going to be studying um, over the coming weeks. And we pray that as we read and learn and unpack it, you would really um, help us understand those words and understand their meaning. We pray for Ellen as she comes to speak to us, open our hearts to what you've got to say to us through her this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Joe, And thank you so much to our worship team. We are enriched every week, aren't we? And we just come and sing, but it's all that goes on behind the scenes to make worship happen. I also know that it's a a special birthday for Kate Strange today, and we don't normally mention birthdays, but you enrich our lives, Kate, and we honour you today, and thank the whole worship team for all that you bring to us week on week. Oh, it's good to be here speaking on this subject today, this new series uh, that's going to take us up to the summer. And as we've heard, it's a series working our way through the Beatitudes, and we've called it the Beatitudes, as we think together about what it means to live as radical disciples of Jesus and how he calls us to be in the world as his followers. So thank you to Joe for reading that for us. Uh, You've also hopefully got one of these little cards, do whatever is useful with that, put it on your fridge or in your bag or in your pocket or something. The idea being that you can reflect on that week on week as we work through these together. So we're thinking about these Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted. Those are the people that God says he blesses. Those are the blessed ones. And what I want to do this morning is to help us understand some of the context of the Beatitudes, what they're about, and reflect on this thought that actually it's those people that Jesus says are blessed. So think about what it means to be blessed, and then also to make some brief comments on the first from that list, blessed are the poor in spirit. We had a few days off last week after Easter as a family. And one of the things we did was we went to Brighton. And we went to the Upside Down House in Brighton on the seafront. Has anybody else been to the Upside Down House in Brighton? Just show me if you've been. It's quite a thing, isn't it? It's really good fun. You go in and everything's upside down. It's quite a surprise. You go in and you're kind of walking on the ceiling. So the beds and the toilet and tables and everything are actually on the ceiling and there's stuff all over the walls but it's upside down and it's brilliant 
but it is the oddest thing. Your brain can't work it out. So I went inside and I just felt entirely discombobulated while I was in there. It takes, it takes a while to get any sense of bearing. It made me realise why I don't like roller coasters, because I felt seasick just going in there. Now, when you go in, you can take some really fun photos while you're there. So we took a few like these. So that's us in the kitchen, my family. Um, here's me falling from the ceiling onto the bed. Here's one of my son, Zach, and I uh, in the kitchen. In fact, if you look closely at that, you can see how seasick I was actually feeling. <laughs> but actually, I think the kitchen one is my favorite. It's, look at the tea towel. It's that, even that's the right way up or upside down, whichever is, is right. Even now, looking at that picture, my brain can't quite work it out, and I was in there. I asked the person to uh, take a photo for us. There are people working that help you out with the photos because it, it's so disorientating. You don't even know how to stand to make the, the photos work. And so they've got people there to help you out um, in that way. And I asked her um, if it felt strange spending all day in an upside-down house. And she said, of course, well, she's just got used to it. And it actually feels normal for her now. And in fact, it, when she steps out onto the pavement to go home, that's what feels odd. The Beatitudes are at the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and the whole sermon is about life in the upside-down kingdom of God. The Sermon on the Mount is right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, so if you want to follow in a Bible where we're going today, please do. Um, Immediately after his baptism and the temptation, Jesus had begun to announce the good news of the kingdom. So very early on, um, the, the kingdom of God, long promised in the Old Testament, was here now. So we read in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. This was his message. This was the message of Jesus, the upside-down kingdom of God. And just as uh, Moses received the Ten Commandments on top of Mount Sinai, so in a wonderful mirroring, Jesus takes his disciples away from the crowds. He takes them up a mountain and he teaches them. Beginning of Matthew, as we've, Joe has read to us. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Now, this wasn't Jesus just kind of sitting and chilling on a mountainside with his friends and, and sharing with them. Rabbis would sit when they taught. So what Jesus does here is he assumes a position of authority as he brings some key revolutionary teaching to his followers. In this sermon, Jesus gives his disciples this radical teaching about what it means to live in the upside-down kingdom of God. The sermon is his teaching about what he wants his followers to be and to do. He talks about a value system that is completely upside down to that of the world, where ethics and ethos and actions and heart are totally upside down to that of the world. A completely different value system to everything seen around. The Beatitudes are eight profound sayings in which Jesus turns the world upside down. In his kingdom, the poor are the ones who inherit. Those who mourn, those who are persecuted are the ones who will know his blessing. The Sermon on the Mount isn't just a teaching about how to behave, it's a pronouncement about how the upside down rule and reign of God works in the world. 
I went into the upside down house in Brighton and it was so at odds with everything I knew. I was disorientated. I couldn't get any sense of bearing. As we look at this set of sayings together over the coming weeks, let's have hearts that are open to the radical call of Jesus to upside down kingdom living, to get our bearings in his kingdom so that we can live effectively there. And the way that Jesus helps us in getting our head around this topsy-turvy kingdom of God is to teach his followers right at the beginning who are the ones that are blessed Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, and so on. Blessed. Now, some have translated Jesus' opening words here as happy are. Um, The Greek word for blessed here is uh, makarios, and it can and does mean happy at times. But actually, it's a bit misleading to translate these beatitudes as happy are in this case, because happiness, of course, is a subjective state. Happiness is what we feel, whereas what Jesus is doing is making an objective statement about people here, an objective judgment, declaring who people are, not about how they might feel, but instead what God says to them and about them. And because of that, they are blessed. Someone who is mourning is not going to feel happy, but they are blessed by a God who wants to comfort them. The poor in spirit have nothing. They are someone who's at the end of their rope spiritually. Are they happy? Probably not. But those people are the ones who will know God's blessing and theirs is the kingdom. I saw a sermon series which called this the be happy attitudes. That's not great, is it? If you think the be attitudes was a little bit of a groan, that's a a kind of big no from me. This is not about being happy. It's about what is Jesus saying being blessed is. And in this context, blessed refers to a state of spiritual well-being where God the king says who are the ones who are blessed in his kingdom. And there's an assurance in this word that we are held in the hands of God now and into eternity, despite external circumstances, despite subjective feelings, and despite what the world might say. Now, the way that we talk about God's blessings ourselves, I think, can be a bit unhelpful. I think I say it all the time. You might do too. I've, I've said even, I can think even really recently of occasions when I've talked, talked to others about how blessed I am. So for example, I've just led our staff team through all of our annual reviews and I've actually said out loud to, to people, you know, I am so blessed to work with such a godly gifted set of people. I am blessed, I have said. We went to Brighton, it was due to rain, it was sunny instead. And I said, you know, what a blessing that the sun's come out instead of the rain. I do feel blessed by those things. Is that wrong? Am I I blessed? Am I allowed to say that I'm blessed in those ways? The social media hashtag, hashtag blessed, is uh, really common. I did a, um, a bit of a social media search. If you look on Instagram or Twitter or something and, and you search hashtag blessed or hashtag so blessed, there are tens and thousands of pictures and comments of people wanting to share that they are blessed. 
Because, of course, if you don't post on social media, it hasn't really happened, has it? Hashtag so blessed. I took a screenshot of a couple of Twitter examples to show you, um, if you can read this. I'm so excited, these are random. I'm so excited to announce that we're adopting a baby this week. We're thrilled to expand our family in this way. Hashtag blessed. Richard Osman, a pointless celebrity's repeat on BBC One right now. Hashtag blessed. You may or may not feel that a pointless celebrity's repeat is a blessing. Um, someone else writes, I'm so happy with my life right now. Like I can't get over it. I'm doing so good in school, work is good, gym is good, prayer hands, hashtag blessed. If you do this search I'm describing, you'll see hundreds of examples, you know, material things. I've, I've just moved into my dream home, hashtag blessed. Health, good weather, good grades, good food, babies that sleep, coffee, wine, narrowly averted disasters, and so on. And here is the problem, that we often equate blessings as being what we've got when we want it, when God's answered a prayer in the way that we hope that he will, or when we achieve something um, or get something, that means we're blessed. But is, is that what being blessed means? We've created a culture in which we measure God's blessings in material terms, in terms of personal comfort, in terms of our own pleasure. If we're happy and healthy and have what we need, then we're blessed. But of course, if you follow the logic here, it sends a secondary unsaid message. If you're unhappy or unhealthy or don't have what you need, then too bad. Hashtag not blessed. Am I not blessed by God if I'm ill or struggling or in trouble? What the Beatitudes do is they turn blessing upside down. I've moved into my dream home, hashtag blessed. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. If you read the gospel of our culture, it would be very easy to think that the blessed people among us are the ones who are fulfilled and happy and whole and satisfied. But according to Jesus, those who are blessed are actually the needy, the sad, the downcast. Jesus is sitting on a hillside with authority, teaching people that being blessed does not mean having what we want or being fulfilled or even being thankful what it really means is that we can know that when we are at the end of ourselves, when in worldly terms we are the least, then God is with us. He declares his truth over us. We may not feel happy, but we are blessed by a God who decides that we will know his upside-down favour in this upside-down kingdom. And this is shown so powerfully throughout the Beatitudes, and particularly in our first one here, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Our NIV says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Another couple of translations, the Good News Bible, blessed are those who know they are spiritually poor. New Living Translation, God blesses those who are poor and realise their need for him. If you know you have nothing, if you are poor in spirit, then you are blessed. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is not for the wealthy, materially or spiritually. Praise God for CAP, sharing the good news of Jesus to people who do not have much actual physical money. The kingdom of God is not for the wealthy. It's for those whose lives have fallen apart and have got nothing left. 
It's not for those who are spiritually wealthy. It's for those whose bucket has run dry, who are feeling at the end of their tether, who are spiritually bankrupt. God's blessing is not miles from us when we're lost or hurting or lonely because he wants to bless us in the middle of that with his presence and with this reassuring promise of inheritance. There's poverty in the broadest sense. And what does Jesus say? You're going to inherit. You are going to inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is on your side. You are the blessed ones, he says, into that spiritual bankruptcy. You are safe in my hands. It's only in me, he says, that everything is found. (coughs) Yale University in the States, one of the most famous education institutions in America, offers a course, and it launched in 2018, and it was called, initially, the Happiness course. And it has become the most popular course for students to take. 3.7 million people have enrolled in the course to date, both in person and online. Now, the course has been renamed the Science of Wellbeing. And the course founder, she's called Laurie Santos, she said, everyone wants to be happier. This course teaches that behavioural and mindset changes can make a big difference to our sense of well-being and our happiness. 3.7 million people enrolling on a course wanting to learn how to be happy. Now, we all know that's what people want. That's what we want too. And it is about mindset, more than circumstance, that will get us there. But Jesus goes to a whole other level. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he says. Those who have nothing, they are the ones he calls blessed. It's upside down in the kingdom of God. And because it's upside down, it takes a while to get our bearings, to live with the truth of that in the way that we live, in the way that we understand the gospel for ourselves. So it seems like there were two things that emerged from this introductory teaching today. The first is the radical call, I guess. It's remembering that as Christians, we belong to this upside-down kingdom. And that in this kingdom, we're to live radically and beautifully and differently with a different value system that is upside-down to what we, might, what we might see around us. Different set of values. When we're in our frontline places this week, what does it mean for the world's values to be turned on their heads as we live beautifully for Jesus in his kingdom? John Stott said this of the Sermon on the Mount. He said, The Sermon on the Mount is probably the best known part of of the teaching of Jesus, but it is the least obeyed. It's the nearest thing to a manifesto that he ever uttered, for it it is his own description of what he wanted his followers to be and to do. The be attitudes, being radical in the way that we live for Jesus. Not just knowing this teaching because it's stuck on our fridge with a magnet, but asking that we might live it radically and beautifully and obey it. The be attitude, being radical in the way that we live for Jesus. And we're also saying that we live in an upside down kingdom where the spiritually poor are the ones who are blessed. If you are here today and you're thinking, I don't think I'm a very good Christian. Or if you're thinking, my life feels a mess. Or if you're thinking, I have too many hurdles in front of me to be able to trust Jesus. Then he looks at you and says, you are blessed. The kingdom of God is on your side. I am here, he says, 
for the spiritually bankrupt, those who feel their lowest. You are the ones who I want to know are in my hands. We began thinking um, how disorientated I felt in the upside-down house and couldn't get my bearings and likening that to Jesus' upside-down kingdom. But perhaps, rather than Jesus' kingdom being upside-down, actually it is the values of the world that are mixed up and upside-down. And what the Beatitudes do is they show us God's right-way-up kingdom in an upside-down world. And as we learn from Jesus through this series, let's pray that we'd be captivated by this manifesto to live radically and that we would be humbled and helped as we discover who it is who will actually know his blessing.